Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. So you're in, you're in Bali right now, right? And you've been there for a while, right? Because I feel like you were moving there right when we first started talking. Yeah, I've been there. I've been here since September, and I'm going to be here until this weekend, and then I'm leaving, um, and then I'm going back to Italy. Um, and I actually came here as a test to realize whether this was like a place that I wanted to have as home, and I guess because I feel the way I feel, it feels like I'm, I'm going to be back in February. Like, I can't... Um, you it's almost it. like I needed to be somewhere long enough to miss it, to, to feel – it's almost like relationships and dating. It's like if you, like, don't miss the person, if you don't want to see them, if you don't care about leaving, it's just, like, that's a sign as opposed to, like, for me, it's, like, when I left for three weeks, I, like, wanted to come back home. And now oh, that I'm going that. to Rome – yeah, now I'm going to, to Rome, which is where I'm from and where my father is and, and my family is, and I'm just, like, I don't want to leave home. And that, to me, is, like, a sign. That, that's great. I mean, by the way, let's just jump in then because, I mean, I love everything you just said. So let's make that part of the conversation just so people who are <laughs> in the middle. I am talking to Selinda Costa. We're actually Zooming. She's in Bali. I'm sitting in my living room in Los Angeles. I love it. And we got in touch kind of over the summer because I'm just so enthralled with your story. In 2016, she left her corporate job in New York City and decided to travel the world. But it wasn't just traveling the world. You were also doing it by couch surfing and not couch surfing through apps, by just using whoever you knew. So whoever's in your contacts, family, friends, and their friends, those were like the only couches you'd stay on. So as you were traveling, it could be people you met that day or their friends and their friends, but it had to be someone that you personally were connected to. It wasn't someone that an app was connecting you guys. Correct? Am I getting that right? That's perfect. (laughs) That part fascinated me and I loved it because to me that's such a great experiment about just human nature and people and what you can get out of stuff. So I want to talk about, let's just back up a little bit. 
why did you want to leave in 2016? What was going on in your life that made you feel like you needed such a drastic change? Well, um, at the time, I was working in New York City. I was uh, coming up on my three-year anniversary of, of being in New York. Um, I was in a corporate job. I was working in advertising, which, uh, you know, the, nothing against the industry in and of itself, but to me, it was like, uh, it was a lot of work that I didn't really feel um, integrity in. So basically, I was like in, you know, and something you may know about me is I'm originally from Italy. I immigrated to the States when I was younger. And so I essentially spent like the better half of like my teenage and young adult years just trying, working so hard for me to like embody this American dream for me to be like the one who like comes to the US and basically like goes to a really prestigious school, like goes to a corporate job. And, you know, I ended up working for like one of the top agencies in the country um, in my dream, you know, quote unquote dream job. And uh, what part of advertising were you doing? I was in the strategy part, Got it. which makes a lot of sense when you look at the trajectory of my career since then. Because right, um, so <laughs> it's a lot of what I used to do, I do now, but like in a different um, way. Um, and yeah, I was like in this amazing, you know, job. And, and, and I realized like, I just hit this point um, where I had just gotten back from this volunteering trip in Cambodia. And I kind of had this like come to Jesus moment. It was like one day where I was like in a conference and we were like arguing about uh it was like we were doing a social media playbook for a client who was going to pay sixty thousand dollars for this for this document this powerpoint or keynote presentation that we know they were never going to actually implement and we're sitting there arguing about like this one picture on this one slide of this like social media pay sixty thousand dollar social media playbook that no one would ever look at or actually like execute on and i just had this moment where they asked me for my opinion on like the picture and swapping it out which would require like a whole new photo shoot and I was just like, I mean, I said something like, yeah, that sounds good. But like in my head, I was like, I really don't care. And, and like, 24, <laughs> like 48 hours beforehand, I was like walking down the streets of Phnom Penh um, in Cambodia, which is one of the poorest countries in the world. And I had seen, I was like, I have this vivid image of like seeing this little toddler on, with a diaper, just like stumbling around the sidewalk and just like falling onto a cardboard box where like she was shaking her mom who was just passed out on a cardboard box. And I'm just, I just had that image in my head and, and I just was like, no, 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 no. And of course there was like a bunch of dominoes that needed to happen for that to be the final trigger. Um, but that day, and this was September of 2015, I literally said today, today I am changing my life. Like I'm done. Like my, I'm no longer living a life that's subpar to like the dream, uh, like the life that I want to live, like something that actually makes me happy and a lot gives me the time and space to like not only make myself happy, but contribute to like this world that we live in, which has a lot of freaking problems. So, so it like uh, a slow yeah. build for you? Like, obviously you did this trip, you were working that. So that was like, you chose to use your vacation to go do a trip like that. By the way, I used to do that too in my corporate jobs. It's like, I'd always spend my two weeks and I ended up with like a bunch of 21 year olds, like always like on these like weird endeavors. I'm like, this is what I want to do for two weeks. Um, but this, was this something that was like bubbling in you? And then that was your breaking point? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was definitely like event after event after event that was like building up, building up. And then when I had gotten back from Cambodia and that meeting was just like that meeting sitting in that moment, them asking for my opinion and being like, I generally couldn't give a shit. <laughs> like that moment was the one where I was like, Oh my God, if I keep going one more day, I'm going to like, I'm going to throw my life away. And, and it was just, the pain was so unbearable. Um, and it's funny. And I'm sure you know how this works. The second that you send out your intention to the universe, the second you say, this is it, this is my decision. 
when my decision was like, I'm changing my life, this is changing, I'm going to be happier, I'm going to do better, all these things, these domino effects started happening to basically kick me out of New York, right? Like, like it's like- Tell me what happened. Things. Because that's oh it's not like you were like, I'm going to change my life, I'm going to go travel. You just were like, I have to change. No. There's no I literally had no idea I was going to do what I ended up doing. I had no idea. All I said is I'm going to change my life. And in my head, in my head, I was like, okay, how do I change my life? I guess I got to move out to New York out of New York. Okay. I'm going to move to Europe. Let me go apply for like the same advertising job, but in Europe, right? Like that to me was what change meant was just like changing countries, same jobs, same career, same everything. And within the course, so this was September of 2015 and literally just like October, uh, came up and I did not, I, I had a review, um, for my job where I totally fully expected to get a promotion. Um, and I didn't get it for reasons that were like, not, it wasn't even like, you're not performing enough. It was just like, you're not doing things this way. And I was like, I don't think things should be done this way to begin with. Like it was almost like a fundamental disagreement. Like I didn't get a raise for a reason that like, I couldn't ever like be like, I couldn't ever be what they needed me to be for me to get that raise. So I was like, well, I need to look into a different job because this is not working. Um, and then <laughs> on my birthday was my 21st birthday. Sorry, 21st. I'm making myself younger. It was my 25th birthday, which is like, you know, supposed to be special and fun. And I got dumped by my ex-boyfriend, like then boyfriend, literally the night before my 25th birthday. Ooh, so I, cool. and I had like, I had like the boyfriend, the six feet three, like American, like all-star, like corporate, like superstar, like hot boyfriend got dumped. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like I'm now single. I now again, was that a surprise too? Or like, was it, that it was like, it was, I mean, you know, when it's like these things, you always know 20 hindsight is 2020 where I was like, I didn't see it coming cause I was distracted. Um, but then, you know, when he did it, I was like, well, first of all, you maybe shouldn't have done that on the phone the night before my birthday. But like that aside, I was like, Oh, Oh shoot. Like that needed to happen. That needed to release. And then just a few weeks later, my rent, um, went up like three, $400. And my roommate who was paying slightly more, um, because I had thought I was going to get the raise and I was like, Oh, come October. I'm paying more. He was like, okay, like my rent only went up like a few hundred dollars, but then I was paying even more. So I went from like, like a $400, um, rent like jump, like that was going to start come April Oof. or March. And I was just like, well, I also need to move out of my apartment. And on top of that, I was miserable and upset from like what I realized, what my life basically turned out like that. Oh, I open, you can't unsee things. Once you like <laughs> come into a new level of consciousness, once you become aware of a problem, become aware of um, something that isn't working, you can either ignore it and that will bubble up and cause a lot of problems or you can act, acknowledge it, but either way you can't unsee it. Um, and so I just hit this point where I was just like, oh my God, my life is like totally falling apart and I want change. So then I started just applying for jobs, like furiously applying for jobs in Europe. And I got flown to like, uh, I got flown to like Dublin for like an interview with Facebook. I got an interview with Google, like really nice companies. And I would sit in these interviews and I'd be like, screw this. Like, I don't, I don't feel like this does not feel better. It's such an um, interesting feeling, yeah. isn't it? When like, yeah. it's not, when you're not getting excited about the thing, you're like, I'm supposed to be so excited right now. It's like, I'm it's like fascinating. Like, with fucking Facebook. Like, come on. I'm, that used to happen to me too. It's like, wait, if someone called me for this job, I'd normally like be calling them back in two seconds. So excited. And I'd be forgetting about it. Like it just like goes in and out. It's so interesting how all of a sudden you just don't connect to something that you feel like you're supposed to be obsessed over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's what happened to me. And all of a sudden I just kept, I just remember like being in February and I had just gotten back from an interview with Facebook and I sat um, at a dinner table with 
with my friend and uh, and I hadn't been entertaining. I was like, oh, what if I, you know, LOL, what if I just say screw all this and I just go travel? But then I'm a really ambitious, like organized person. So I couldn't <laughs> stomach the idea of just mindlessly like backpacking the world for you. That felt so like to me, I know it, it like works. For- yeah. I was just like, why would I do that? That's so not me. And so I started to like play around with ideas. And I remember this moment where I was sitting at a dinner um, in New York City, like a really nice restaurant, like talking to my friend over like our $100 dinner and like our $17 wines. And I'm just sitting there being like, you know, my plan A is for me to just find a job in Europe. I tried looking at advertising. I didn't like it. And now I'm moving into startups and tech and I still don't like it. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to keep trying. But I was like, ha, what if like plan B, like what if I just like, went to go travel the world and just like did like some crazy ass project so that I would actually like have purpose uh, and not do it aimlessly like ha wouldn't that be funny but like uh, let me let me get real back in real life and she who knows she knows me so well she just leans over and I just remember her like it's like a picture like she's just gorgeous like stunning brunette with like piercing blue eyes and she had like her red like wine in her hand and she's like Celine I think your plan B is your plan A and I was like no and then once she inserted that seed in my head oh man it went from there and that's how the idea of this project came up i just it it, she opened something in me that i finally someone gave me permission to think to myself i don't have to do this my plan b my crazy ass plan b that i literally pulled out and i was like talking to her for like 30 minutes like is real as opposed to me being like yeah like i'm applying for jobs in europe and then her having to like pull things out of me. And she was just like, you can't, like your eyes light up when you talk about this. Like, why aren't you doing this? Are you inherently a risk taker? Like, were you growing up or? Oh my God. You know, it's really weird. I just had an interview three days and someone asked me exactly that. Really? Are you, in, are you a risk taker by just nature? just not original. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is something that it's, it's actually, it's a sign. I mean, it's like interesting because I think a lot of people, they assume that I did everything I did because I'm prone to risk taking, but I'm not. I wasn't. It's, it's actually something you develop. It's, it's a muscle, like courage. Um, and I never used to be somebody who was like, screw this. Like, I'm going to just like go jump on a plane or like, oh my God, I'm going to take this big risk. I'm going to do this. Like I was not at all. I was very calculated. I needed to have like everything scheduled, everything organized. If you like canceled my meeting, like three weeks from now, I'm getting nervous because I need to like fill up that day. I'm being dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like I needed everything planned. I needed to know what my life looked like. I needed to know if I take this move, this is going to be the result. This is going to be the payoff. If I take one step forward, I know that like I'm one step closer to this thing. And what I did with the couch surfing thing was just the beginning of a series of huge leaps into the unknown and huge risks that I've taken that through practice, I've learned how to take calculated risks. Right. Um, and so I was not a huge risk taker and now I think I am, uh, because it, because I, it's proof. I keep proving to myself that every time I take that leap and actually, you know, leverage human connection and, and, uh, and, and surround myself with the right people on the right. Like there's ways to take big risks and, and create that net for yourself. And that was what my entire project was based around this belief that if I just took a leap, the net would appear and the net were these people were people. It was humans. So talk to me more about the net because I think that's great. What, so what I think is interesting about it is because one of the questions I had for you, which you're just starting to touch on is 
was your notion of the universe already set and that's why you kind of wanted to do this project or were you questioning the universe and wanting to find something out by doing this project or was this project really there just to help you mitigate your risk? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. You say that last one. I think that last one is definitely a piece of it, but it's more the middle one about the questioning, proving. I wanted to prove to myself, to the universe, like, oh yeah, watch me. Let's see how this goes. Um, and part of it, and the reason why people ask me, well, why did you do a social experiment? How did you even come up with the idea of like circumnavigating the globe, like just by talking to people? Like, how did, where does that even come from? And I'm like, that was me mitigating my risk because I knew there was three things I know I can crush it in, which is traveling. It's a skill. <laughs> it's actually a skill. Like there's people who can travel really well I and there's agree. people who like are just like, oh my God, help me. I don't know how to figure anything out on my own, you know? I can travel really well. Yeah. I know I get it. I yeah, love it. Exactly. It's a, it's a skill set. Um, I knew I was good at that. I'm a bomb writer. I know that about myself. And I wanted to not only am I good at it, I love it. Like I, it's my passion. And uh, the third part is I'm really good with people, like meeting people. So I can totally, and again, this also wasn't always there, by the way. This is also developed um, where I really just love spending time with like really amazing people and, and I love hearing people's stories. I love listening to them. So that was just something that I was like, if I take these three things and I combine them into something really rad that again, as a strategist, brand strategist, right? That will actually get me media attention down the line. It will help me grow. So I can basically knock all the birds with one stone. And that's my hyperactive, like type A brain being like, look, I can travel, take a break. I can create a really cool project that I'm never going to forget. I can because use this project to leverage myself to actually get press and like um, be recognized so that I can find a way to never go back to corporate again. And I can mitigate my risk and actually like, and do something while I'm doing something that I love. So that this project was something that was perfectly serving all my fears and like in a good way. Like in, it was almost like um, something I always teach my clients is negotiate with your fears, talk to them, figure it out with them your buddies, like figure out how you can actually like move, move with them so that you're not just fighting them. And you're not just also putting yourself so out of your comfort zone that you like want to vomit. Do it. So then <laughs> yeah. when you started talking to your fears and started working with them, how did they crack you open? How do they crack me open? So um, it's things like, uh, you know, a technique that I teach that I do on myself all the time. It's like, Oh, um, things like, Oh, I can't travel because I, I'm, I'm just scared of like all my things. Where, where are my things going to go? Because all you're, all you're doing is the big fear here is I'm scared to actually do what I really want to do because once I do that, things, my, I'm going to be on the line. My ego's on the line. My being is on the line because when I'm actually following what I really want to do with all my heart and it doesn't work out the way I want it to, that is a big pain. Right. And, and, and I would argue big pain that grows us. So it's definitely worth it. But then when you, that's the real fear. So basically what your brain does, it, it gives you tons of fears to basically cover up the real fear. So you're not addressing the big, the big reason. So it's things like, I don't have enough money. Oh, I'm scared. I we're, we're out of money. It's like, all right, you know what? Let's talk about this. Like literally take your fear. You sit it across and you're like, let's talk about it. You're afraid I'm not having money. Why are you afraid I'm having money? I have nothing in my savings account. Okay. So how can we get, you're in a job right now. How can we put things in your savings account? Okay. Well, I guess I could put money aside. Okay. Well, how do we do that? So you don't self-sabotage yourself by spending it every month. Let's put it in your savings account automatically. How much is good? 20%. You crunch some numbers. Okay. That's not going to be enough. Oh, I can't do it. It's like, oh yeah. Can you take on freelancing? And it's like, actually I can, mm, I can, I have extra time. Okay. So apply to freelancing jobs today, spend one hour on Upwork, get some jobs rolling in, start networking. All of a sudden I have a freelance job that pays 
for uh, that is contributing to my savings. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to like go get drinks with my friend. It's like, do you have to go to the $17 place? So basically you just start to, and I literally write this stuff down. And this is a technique I, I teach my in my course and also with my clients. It's like, take the fear and just start debating with it. Don't be like, oh, you're irrational. Screw you. Because then it fights back. Then it's like, well, screw you back. Like, I'm not letting you do this. But it's like, can you actually... Like, do you, you don't have any money. That's fair. I recognize you. I recognize that fear. It's valid. But are we just going to stop there? Or are you going to ask yourself, well, how can I make money? How can I save that money? So you just keep doing that with all your fears. Like, oh, where do I put my things in storage? Oh, I, I don't have nowhere to put my things. Therefore, I cannot travel. It's like, ran out of storage unit. Like, you know, put it like in a friend's house. It's, it's just so many solutions. So what's your opinion on, because I love all that you're a doer, like you're a doer, you're a producer, you see it, you know how to solve it, you know how to act on it. What's your philosophy on like in the world of spirituality on like manifestation? I want a hundred percent. I'm in, in it. it. But, what's in your, it. but what's your version of it? My version is that uh, what we're doing with the universe is a team sport, right? We're a team. You, universe, right? Um, and so you can do with manifestation, and this is something that I've experienced over and over again in my life, and I've manifested some seriously amazing things. Um, you need to put in your 50%. It's a relationship. I mean, it's, it's a universal rule. Like you, you can't, like not to say like five zero point zero zero zero, but you can't just expect things to like be like, oh, I'm, I'm seeing this $10,000 check and it feels so good and I can just feel the paper. Like sure, that's going to really help you. And I create vision boards. I'm all about that. But at the same time, it's actually asking myself like today, what is happening that for me to contribute to that? And that doesn't mean I have to do right. Part of it, it the solution could also be to be, um, but you have to put forth your part either energetically from an action perspective. Like there needs to be something you need to give in order for you to receive that manifestation. You need to put forth, um, your, yourself. Um, you got to put your skin in the game. Um, and that is my philosophy around manifestation. So every time I really want something and I say, uh, and this is something that I, I will actually talk to you about the dream tracking. Um, but I'll, I'll hint at it now. It's like every time I really have a big dream, a big vision that I want to manifest, I say, I know the universe is going to get take care of me. I know that in one year's time, this is going to be in my possession. And then I put that faith and, you know, I put it aside and then I say, okay, like human experience me, what actually needs to happen in the next year for me to do my part? Like for me, like how, what are my goals? I love that though. Right. I love it. Cause it's not like you're sitting there just playing mantras and like wishing for it the whole time. You're actually no. doing stuff too, to make it happen. So I do, I love that idea of like, it's a team sport. It's 50, 50. Like we can manifest and ask and trust and have faith in it, but it's also like, what is your part in this? What are you doing to make it happen mm -hmm. every single day? I think mm -hmm. that's so smart. How do you feel like, obviously you were a doer before and like a lister, like you said, but what do you feel like these travels and especially the couch surfing part of it have changed your outlook on let's say the universe or life or you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, very much. Um, and I have lots of lessons, but if I had to narrow it down, um, I would say the thing that first pops to mind that I need to say right now <laughs> is um, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is I took the sleep into complete uncertainty and it was terrifying, horrifying, all the feels, you know, like the sick, like what the hell did I just screw up my life? Like I'm a failure kind of deep, deep, dark feelings. And, uh, but, but in the midst of that fear, I really had a lot of faith that I would be taken care of. 
And part of that was by the universe and part of that was by people. And again, is it any, really any different? Um, but I knew that if I really, really needed that, then that would appear. And, and one of the things that one of the lessons that kept getting hammered over my head, whether I liked it or not, is when the teacher is ready, uh, like, like, sorry, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And even though I was so scared and uncertain, I had no freaking idea um, what to do or what was going to come out of my life or where I was going to emerge on the other side, what I did hold, like stay, hold in my awareness, hold in my consciousness was to stay open and stay curious because anything and everything is a sign. Like it's an omen that will point me to my next direction. And having that philosophy, like literally holding it in my heart to the point where I would meet people and I would be like, of course, unless I got like bad, weird vibes, but like I energetically, I would feel the person out first and, and be like, even if I was like, Oh, I kind of want to like go to bed right now. Or like, I kind of want to do something else, but, but like having this consciousness of like, but what if this person has the next clue? What if this person actually has something to, to teach you? And what if you have something for them? Um, and so I started to be so present, uh, and curious in my conversations, like really like talking to random people I would meet on the street for like two hours, just like, listen, just asking them with no intention, no, like, you know, agenda and to speak with these people. And when we're talking about people like all over the world, different backgrounds, different things. And I started to realize one, that everybody has a story to tell everybody. And that's what got me into the line of work, uh, my brand story coaching and life design work that I do now is that unshakable belief. And two, whenever I had these moments of utter presence, I actually realized that something they would say to me would address either like a thought I had the day before or like a journal, like I would journal about how I'm freaking out about my life and I don't know like what sort of job that I would do or what I should write about today or my, my article about. And then all of a sudden that person's like, yeah, that you should write an article about that. Or like, you know what I mean? Like it, people would literally answer the questions that I would put out into the universe. I would meet someone the next day who would like point me in that direction without knowing. Um, and it kept happening over and over and over and over again to the point where like I didn't, I've always been spiritual, but I've always been like meditation, like, you know, meditation to clear my mind kind of spiritual, but the healers I met, like astrologers, fortune tellers, like shamans, like people that I was not actively seeking out and the things they said to me over and over and over again, over the course of a year, I was just like, this cannot, like, this cannot be. Like, like what it, were the things it, that you felt like were being repeated? Oh my God. It was, everybody <laughs> told me I was, it, this was like going to be a struggle. And everybody told me that I was about to face the darkest, most difficult, challenging period of my life. And like, without even knowing me, um, and that I needed to understand what freedom was that I needed to pay attention and, and learn to balance meaning with meaningless and, and like to learn how to like have purpose, but let go of that purpose. Um, and it was a theme that kept running uh, over and over again into my life. And, uh, and it's just everybody, you know, and again, if you actually take a step back and look at your life as a movie, instead of being so inserted in it and like taking it so seriously, you can actually start to see that everything actually ties into everything else. Every scene ties into like what the, yeah. the, the end were of these, that movie. Were all of is. these messages before you did this trip or during the trip? During. So what became, what was the dark part? The dark part was I had to kill myself, metaphorically speaking. Um, I 
had this identity and, and, you know, this ego that I had created since I was a child of being somebody who essentially moved through her life pretending to be someone she wasn't, pretending to want these things like the corporate job and the shiny education and like the, uh, you know, the, that American life where I like was a successful, like powerful powerhouse of a woman in New York city, um, who like made it out of her, like, uh, you know, her, her life, like as an immigrant and all that. So like, I just had the story built up in my head of like who I needed to be and all these instructions of how, like what I needed to do because everyone would tell you, well, first you go to college and then you like apply for jobs and then you do this. And, and then, you know, everything fell apart in my life and I was left with this empty space and I had to decide like, what am I going to come back to this or am I going to walk away from it? And when I decided I needed to walk away with it, I had to die. An old piece of me had to go. And it was that person who believed that success was selling my life and my hours for like a, a paycheck. Um, it was a person who believed that, um, human connection was making scheduling two hours like after work to get a drink with a friend. Um, it was a person who um, thought that it was okay to um, sell a product that I didn't believe in because whatever, like that's just how it is. Um, so these pieces of me followed me as I traveled and I had to face them and I had to understand or, or like be like deal with the fact that like, I, everything, my body, everything, my ego was telling me I was a failure because by definition I failed. I couldn't make it in, in the work job. I couldn't make it in New York city. I couldn't make it as a, as a successful, like uh, American, whatever. Um, but my body was like, no, you didn't. And it was a fight against myself. It was really, really Brutal. So let's take those things because I would love to hear what you what you think those things are for you now. So what do you define success as now? Success to me is aligning with like my purpose with what I want to create on this planet and actually taking action towards it in a way that affects other people and impacts other people. So to me, like being able to, it's, it's not tied to money, although it can be because money is a great tool. Um, but more so like I wake up every day and I actually get to say what I like to do um, and what I want to do. And the things that I do aren't just about me. They affect other people positively. So when I decide to do what I love to do, other people benefit from it. What, do you dis what is your description now in your mind and your relationship to human connection versus how you described it before? So, uh, versus the New York version? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Human connection was just like, hey, like get in front of a human, connect with them, like have like some social time, and then like go do your thing, uh, or like talk about like your your boy problems, talk about like whatever issue, like work, your shitty day at work, and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I just connected with a human. Great. To me now, human connection, like for me to really say I had that connection, it's like you have to see, really see that person because everything that someone's saying, there's actually an underlying cause or reason. So you know, if someone's talking to me about I don't know, like the weather. <laughs> I'm like, what are you actually trying to say? Right. And, and when you dig deeper, like even this is work that I do with my clients because I do a lot of branding work and they say, Oh, um, okay. I'll give an example. Actually, I just had a session today. So, um, I was like, okay, what are, what is one of your core values? It's like one of my clients, one of her core values is generosity. I'm like, great. So 
what do you mean generosity? She's like, oh, I just like really, you know, I'm really generous. I love to make people feel good. Like uh, my mom was really generous. My grandma was really generous. Like, yeah, it, it's just like really nice to like do good things for people. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, like, what do you actually mean? Why, why, why do this when no most, when a lot of people won't. And essentially what came out was just like, the story about how like she has seen that the, the times where she dropped her own ego to actually like help someone else out of the goodness of her heart without any sort of intention. And she gave somebody an extra push with something, a really extra push. The people were able to take that and like do, make something so much greater from that, just that tiny push. So it really drove her. What, and, and this, and she's coming from a background of like, like, you know, childhood where going back to childhood where she wasn't heard, she wasn't listened to people didn't give to her the way that she needed to. And now because she's able to do that for other people, she can see how other people can improve. So that's, you know, that's a whole, again, human connection. It's that it's a whole rabbit hole, right? Because when you actually listen to people talk, 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 a lot of the times it's just their ego. But when you ask them, Oh, well, why, why did you really decide to like move out of New York? It's not just like, oh, fuck it. I hated, uh, I hated corporate. It was terrible. And, and uh, you know, I didn't want to do it anymore. But it's like, why? What was, what's driving you? And when you actually start to be present and listen to people, you see that there's so much more that behind like, the things that they're saying. And when you listen to that, that's where the connection is. Because that person is sharing with you things that they, most people don't even bother to listen to because don't, most people don't bother asking why. It's they so true. Value. It's so true. A lot of people just don't ask the questions or don't care. Maybe they don't care. It's just a, like you said, it's a quick conversation. You feel like you just did it. So that's a connection. Yeah. What's your relationship to money now? My relationship to money, um, it's actually quite good and I keep improving on it. Um, I believe that money is energy. And so to me, uh, I also don't, uh, with currency, when I look at currency, money was never my primary form of currency. There's different types of currencies. Um, and so to me, my currency is social currency. And money is what enables me to do um, what I love and to actually, it's a tool to give me the mm -hmm. space and mind space to actually like create more. Um, so when I think about, I actually have a list in my Trello board because I live by Trello um, of like what money means to me so that I can remember every time I like spin down like a rabbit hole or like I get like, you know, you all have those moments where it's like, I need to make more money this month or like something like that. So what money means to me is money gives me um, the resources to be able to pay people to do, to outsource the work that I don't love so I can focus on doing what I do love. Uh, money to me means that I can create more time to spend with people that I love, that I can um, not have um, things like too expensive flights, very expensive flights, or like, oh, I can't go here, I can't do this because I can't afford it. I can't do this experience with you because I can't afford it. That never has to be an excuse. Um, to me, money is uh, like, it's an exchange of energy because you either, one way or another, when, if two people want to grow one another, energy needs to be exchanged and it needs to be exchanged fairly evenly with friendship, with love. Um, and with my clients, it's like they compensate me to really be present for them and give them a lot of my energy, a right. lot, like on demand once a week at this time, I need to show up and I need to be a hundred percent. And so the exchange of energy for me is the compens the financial compensation, which then enables me to have the time to actually have the energy to give them. So um, I, I see money as like a very fluid, um, it's a tool for getting what you want. It is uh, 
one of many currencies that you can use to really, really um, grow and excel in life. And also something that is absolutely mindset driven in the sense that I literally, in when I first started my business um, about a year and a half ago, my, the shift from me doing like 2K months to five figure months took 30 days because all I had to do was just shift the way that I approached it. And that changed everything. It untangled everything for me. Wow, that's impressive. How did you, mm-hmm. and just by shifting, meaning how you looked at what money was? Yeah, so um, I obviously did. It's not as simple as me being like, I just shifted in 30 days, but I was doing um, heavy work, heavy mindset work, um, reading a few books on money mindset. And what I realized is that, because it's never like when you look at things like, money and and being and feeling broke or like uh you know having issues with food like eating disorders and things like that it's never actually the food or the money or the thing that's the problem there's an underlying belief that is driving you to take it out on on your finances on uh on your food on your body or whatever there's something underneath that and that is what you need to tackle for me i realized that we all have like a blueprint when it comes to and this isn't this isn't mine, by the way, like this is something that uh, is, is a few writers have, have written about, that we have a blueprint, um, like a money blueprint of basically like the sort of environment that we've grown up with and the sort of influences, the way that our parents thought about money. We are basically have like this ingrained like uh, system of like what money means to the point where we can literally, you can literally take somebody and based on their money blueprint, you can predict how much money they're going to be making every single month. And if they make a little more, they'll find a way to self-sabotage themselves. And if they make less magically they'll like stumble upon like a $20 bill uh, on the floor. So basically we almost have like a, a benchmark of like how much money we believe we're worth having. And so that is determined by our background. So there's a reason why someone like, you know, Warren Buffett can lose a billion dollars tomorrow and then he can remake that in a week because his <laughs> money, his money blueprint is programmed at $1 billion or like more, much more than that, obviously. But like things like if you program that you're only worthy of receiving like $2,000 every month, then even if you get an opportunity for like $6,000, like staring in the face, you'll be like, uh, this is not real. Or like, oh, this is a scam. Or like, you'll find ways to self-sabotage yourself. So the work here is reprogramming your mindset to believe you're worth like that's much more. What book was, like you said, you were reading books and actually doing work on it. Is there a book you can recommend for people? Oh, for sure. Um, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind that like totally rocked my world. I hope that one day he like listens to this and calls me and says, thank you. I love (laughs) it. It's like my team. How about that? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So do you, I mean, I feel like everyone has stress of some form. What does stress look like for you now? Stress is falling out of alignment with my purpose. Um, so there's times where to me, like, it's funny because when I talk about, um, when I talk about like anxiety, anxiety, I used to feel, cause we all go through these cycles where we feel anxiety. And when I compare like the anxiety that I used to feel when I was in corporate and I was doing what I didn't love is I would be like, Oh my God, I have this problem. They're going to fire me. Or like, I'm a failure. I suck. It was like, what am I doing with my life? It was existential angst. Every time I faced a challenge that back then, I felt existential angst of like questioning everything and being scared of like circumstances outside of my control and being like, why on earth am I even bothering? That today, when I face challenges, it's like, how do I overcome this? It's actually the stress and the struggle is like figuring out the solution, but not actually questioning whether that problem should be there in the first place. And so to me, like the, the, the hardest parts, like the most stressful periods of my life is for example, like in October where, um, I was really, really focusing on like automating, uh, like my course, which is mostly, uh, passive. 
Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm not really going to do private coaching um, this month. I'm just going to focus on automation. But it's like I love private coaching. It's so fun to me to have that one-on-one experience to be on the phone. So why would I deprive myself of that just so I can focus on something so I could have a, like a, more money? Like that, that is something that I did and that caused me stress because it was not aligned with my values. So it's like, this is not working. This is not okay. Um, even if it is earning me money. So it's like the stress is the challenge is like, how do I continue to, you know, uh, have my business running in a healthy way, but in a way that I, that I can show up to in a way that feels really good to me. So this needs to change. What is the solution? And it took me like a month and a half to kind of like figure it out. I needed to like meet with my coaches. Like I needed to like reflect and go to meditation. So the, the work is not easy and, and sometimes it's stressful, but the, the stress takes on a different type of, um, of energy. It's a softer, like, Hey, how do I overcome this? Like, how do we get through this? As opposed to like, oh my God, my life is shit and it's going to shit. <laughs> so it's two different types of stress. How, I, I mean, I love all of this and you have so many beautiful things to say and I really appreciate that. What, when you look back and you think about what you were setting out to do in the first place, what do you feel like you actually did? Like what parts of it did you actually think you were going to set out? What were the surprises? What actually did you end up doing? Does that make sense? For my, for my journey, kind of. So you're saying what I thought it was going to happen and what actually ended Yeah, up what happening. did you set out to do and then ultimately what did it really look like? Okay, so what I set out to do, it was very simple. My, 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 the ultimate intention behind me leaving, it was simple. I literally, I just wanted to remember like what it means to be human. Like I just wanted to like feel and taste what it's like to actually wake up and be happy. And it sounds so simple, but something I didn't have, like to, to feel in my body, like to be like, wow, I'm waking up today and I'm going to go like see this beautiful waterfall or I'm going to like do some writing and I'm going to like meet this person. And if this person wants to sit down for two hours, I have time and space to do that. Like to me, that was all I wanted was to just, just love my life again, to, to, to taste it, to know what it was like to live a fulfilling life. Um, and that's what was always, and I think this is like what saved me. And this is also something that I teach. It's like you need to have a vision. You need to have a vision and everything else can be a total blurry mess and you can know, not know what the hell is going on. But if you have your vision as your compass, you will always end up where you need to be. And that's, to me, it was always like, okay, like I not making a lot of money. Like, you know, when I started, I was living on my savings and it was just like, oh crap, I didn't make the money I wanted or I didn't, like, I'm not like feeling well right now. Or I'm a little bit depressed or I'm feeling lonely, but it was like, but am I, am I working towards a fulfilling life? It, am I in the right place despite all the crap that's happening in my life? Can I say that comfortably that I'm working towards this? And the answer was always yes. And so I kept going and I kept trudging through the mud. Um, and so that was where I, I thought it was. And what ended up being is like exponentially better than, than what I ever thought I would do, you know, because what ended up happening is my six month trip turned into like a one year around the world trip. And in that time, you know, I got, I got featured uh, in, a, in a bunch of press and I, I got a bunch of followers like on Instagram, which again, I don't care about the followers, but it was more like I had a platform onto which to express my writing and to express myself. Like I, I had a place where I could, I created a space where I could be heard. And because I was expressing myself, people were hearing me and I started to, you know, collaborate with brands and, and um, get, get like, traveling around, you know, for somebody who was doing this, like I had no idea. Like I started to get my travel for free, traveling for free around the world. Like even like co teaching people how I did it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh cool. Like I'm doing this. But then, you know, I hit a point where I was like, 
also I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm living my life. I'm getting like basically traveling for free around the world. What's missing here? Um, it's like, it was like the bigger, the bigger picture, like what is other than me being, you know, influencing or whatever and telling my story, like what more can I do? And also like finances, right? Because at one point, like my savings was running out and like, I needed to, 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 to live. And, uh, and I realized like, you know what? I, up until this point, I've done everything I wanted and now I'm going to create my dream job. And I have no idea what my job is, is going to be what that looks like. I'm just going to do it. And then all of a sudden people started approaching me. Hey, can you help me with a brand? I don't know what to do with my content. Can you help me like attract the right opportunities? Can you help me, um, like talk about, like tell my story the way you tell your story. And I was like, yeah. And all of a sudden I started getting paid for it. And I was just like, oh, cool. Like I can get paid for this. And then I got paid for it again. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, this is a business. And, and so now fast forward, it's like I'm here and I live the life. Like I still get to travel the world full time. I can say like, despite the crappy days and the days where I'm stressed or ang angsty, I do have agency over my life and I feel fulfilled and I know I'm helping people and I have incredible clients and I have a business that I can manage like 20, 25 hours a week and I'm writing my book and it's just like, I'm doing all the things because I gave myself the space and permission to be like, what if I try? What if I just try? I mean, and that's so much, a theme of who you, it's so much a theme of who you are and what you do is like, just try, just do. Like have the thought, start putting it into action which I love. Yeah. 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 It's like, just allow that abyss to be friendly. Allow that unknown. Don't to be a place of, of a warm, dark, fuzzy blanket. It's, we're so afraid of our shadow. We're so afraid of our darkness of shadow. And this is like the, the embodiment of this for me is like how afraid I was of, of my fears and, and the, the gross, disgusting things we feel about ourselves and all the things you just want to vomit yeah. out about yourself. We all have it. And instead of like demonizing it, it's like, how do you bring it to light and actually allow darkness to become a friendly place? Because we all have shadows. Like we all do. Otherwise, if we didn't, we would be in darkness, complete darkness. Sorry for the interruption, but it is that time again to talk about our next Dentox Live. These are getting bigger, so you've got to reserve your spot. They are so exciting, and you always get so much information about it. I'm really pumped about this next one because it's our very own Jason Moten. It's trans-spiritual, and we were talking about his transgender journey. We are going to dig into this. It's not just about being transgender. It's all about identity. What does that even mean in the spiritual world? How do these two interlink? What does it mean for anyone who's just looking inward and trying to figure out who they are? What does it mean when that gets met with certain expectations? We're going to dive deep. We're going to get into it. Reserve your spot. It's September 7th, Saturday at La Brea. See you there. Hey, we get a question all the time. How can I become a teacher? How can I learn more about meditation? I just want to know more. I want to go deeper. I want my practice to be stronger. Our teacher training program has been incredible. Now, look, if you want to be a teacher, this is perfect for you. But also, if you're just craving to have a stronger practice and understand more about everything that it means and signifies and where it comes from, this is the perfect program for you. We offer it in modules so that you can make it flexible if that's what you need for payment or schedule. We're here for you to make it work. Our next one is starting in September. It's with Heather Preet, Hillary Jackendoff and Chandrish Bardwatch. These teachers are incredible. They are senior teachers at the Den. Don't miss this opportunity. Go to denteachertraining.com and sign up. How, tell me one, just tell me one weird story. I mean, so here you are, you're, you, for a year you were living on people's couches. Yeah. There's got to be a couple awkward, like really fucking awkward moments. I'm sure a lot of it was amazing. I've stayed in random people's houses before too, but there's, mm -hmm. 
something funny, like something awkward, something weird. Something funny, something awkward, something weird. Um, so I don't know how funny it will be, but um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I remember when uh, one time I uh, when I actually in Bali, <laughs> it was in Bali, and I was staying in Ubud. I was staying with uh, some villagers, um, like they, they're like Indonesians, like they were living in like straight up a village, and I was staying with like a Balinese priest and like his uh, his roommates, which was. <laughs> really funny in and of itself. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you guys like roomed uh, <laughs> with other people. But, um, and then I remember they were like, you know, very generous. And um, they're like, look, look, we don't really have much, but like, here's a cot. And, um, and uh, like, um, here's a cot and like, here's basically our living room concrete floor. And I was like, okay, no problem. And, you know, cause at this point I was like doing everything. I mean, penthouse, like village and a cot. Like I would, I would sleep. I could still to this day sleep anywhere. I don't care. I have no taste for like luxury hotels or anything like that um and so i remember they asked me like they were like oh um are you are you afraid of, of lizards and i was like oh, i'm good like they don't bother me i mean i've you know i've been out in the wild like it's cool like okay cool because sometimes you know there might be a little lizard like smiley face right and then i remember my first night i was like sleeping and there was like light cut there was just the room wasn't totally dark because there was like a little bit of um light from the from the street and i just remember like sleeping in a little cot and i don't know if you know the lizards they make like a sound like gecko gecko do you know what i mean like, like they yeah. make sounds yeah, like yeah. really loud sounds especially in bali and i heard like a gecko sound and it was like loud <laughs> and i was just like okay that's a powerful and i'm just kind of sleeping and i just like remember like kind of like turning over i swear to fucking god <laughs> The lizard was like half the size of my arm. Like oh, it was like a dinosaur. <laughs> and I was just like, I just remember like I was kind of half asleep and I, it wasn't close enough where I was like, oh my God, get away from me. But it was like that thing. I just remember the, the process. Like I was like in the bed in the little cot and I was like, I could just, I could scream. And I was like, I, I could um, really panic. But instead I'm going to turn over and pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I was like, no, block, delete, 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 delete. And then I turned over. The next day, I was like, dude, like, you guys, like, uh, you know, that lizard. You're like, that's not a lizard. That's a pet. That's a pet. <laughs> <laughs> How many days <laughs> did like, you stay oh, with them? I stayed with them for about a week. Uh, wow. Really interesting, yeah. You know, potty in a hole, all the fun stuff. Um, the, yeah, always. Honestly, like, these moments were, like, the ones – and this, this is actually going back to what you're saying. What is human connection? Like to me, one of the things that I consistently realized as I was traveling is the house never mattered. I didn't give a crap if I was on a couch, on a cot, if I was like staying in like a king bed where it's like a maid that was like folding my bed for me before sleep. Like it never mattered because at the end of the day, the quality of my experience always came down with the hospitality that people gave me with how they were willing to open up to me because there were people like, and again, I'm so thankful for all my hosts. So this is nothing against anyone, but it's like, even like, I remember staying in like this penthouse um, in, uh, in Southeast Asia, like Malaysia. And I was just like, they were like, here's your bed, like, here's your room, like, have fun. And I think I, like, talked to them, like, twice or three times. Like, maybe we, I remember we had dinner and whatever, as opposed to, like, someone, like, in, in the village. It was just, like, yeah, let's sit up. We made coffee. Do you want to, like, sit around and shoot the shit for, like, three hours? Like, sure, let's do it. Let's talk about life. Um, and just having these – and this is where I really realized, you know, and, again, tying back to what you said, money, what yeah. does money mean to you? I was, like, time to me it, it will always, 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 always – 
Trump money. Like, and it's just like, there's two types of people in the world, people who value time more than money and people who value money more than time. And that's okay. Like no judgment, which one you fall into, but you will be living a miserable life so long as you don't actually admit to yourself, which one you are and live it. Because some people are okay with making like $200,000 a year and working 90 hour weeks because to them money is more important than time. I'm a time over money person by a far shot. So that's what I need. It's time. So what's your, what's your opinion on personal growth? Do you now feel like the only way to do true personal growth is through experience? Or do you think there's ways other people can grow and expand without having to actually get out there? I believe that I don't have all the answers and that many people, that people can do things many, many ways and still get um, predictive results, like good results. I can speak to my experience and what I believe from my experience. Um, and, but I would never be like, oh, this is the only way to do it. Like, this is how you need to do it. Um, but I, I do believe that experience helps you absorb um, really uh, – because at the end of the day, like, you want to not just know the answer intellectually. You, great growth happens when you know it in your body, when you feel it in your body. Um, you know, it's one thing to know that, like, oh, yeah, to say to yourself, like, yeah, people are good people. People are nice are great i love people and then like still feel threatened every time someone comes 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 near you for right. no reason but and there's it's another thing for you to be like people are good and i just i feel it and if someone comes to me and they have like weird voodoo vibes like i will like, be like oh, okay okay like maybe not i'm not gonna come near you but to always to actually feel like that confidence of like if you're walking down the street and like some motorbike zooms past you it's like that's just some motorbike zooming past you like you're not trying to hurt me you know, um, and it, and it's just like, so what I really encourage for people is to put themselves in situations where they feel it in their body. And that doesn't mean they need to like quit their job and travel the world and like go like meet like hundreds of people in person for them to like actually feel that people are good. It's easy. It's as easy as like you're on a subway and you like sit down and you like strike a conversation with a stranger and you ask them a question, like generally just ask them a question and then you walk away and you're like, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. That's an experience. But I love that because I want to, you know, before we do your four U's and kind of wrap this up, because I know you're over there and having an amazing life and I'm taking up your time. <laughs> what do you feel like is one thing you can teach people at home that you learned by going away? Something that people can apply kind of in their day to day. In their day to day, I would say to whenever a fear, whenever they want to do something and there's a fear that pops up, whether you're, you know, you're like someone invites you to go to a Broadway show and you're like, I, I don't have any money. I don't, I, I can't do it to actually, instead of just dismissing it to bring that fear to light and very kindly, very gently being like, is this coming from a place of love or is this coming like out of a place of, of, of fear? Like what is, where, what is prompting me not doing what I want to do? And sometimes it, you know, the answer will be, well, I can't afford, I can't, go to this Broadway show because actually like my kid it's Christmas is coming up and my kid really like wants this, you know, this, this gift for Christmas. And like, I want to make sure that I have the finances to do that. Right. As opposed to like, Oh no, I can't do it. I got to save. I got to hoard. I got to like, there's two different energies. And so instead of just letting fear dictate your life, instead of just being like, Oh, I'm scared of that. Or I don't want to do that. Like, fuck it. Like, let me just like not look at it anymore to actually just challenge yourself every day to pick one thing that you feel you're scared of, or you feel like you don't want to do and ask yourself like, why, why is this? 
and, and actually, because your body's not going to lie to you. Your body's not going to lie because you're going to feel whether this is coming from a place of good intention or whether this is coming from a place of like, I'm avoiding this. This is like, I don't want to touch this because, uh, you know, it's touching on something deeper that I don't want to address. Um, and, and never doing it from a judgy place where it's like, oh, look at you. Like, you know, I'm scared of like, I'm scared of this. Like, wow, that's so lame. But like being like, oh, Okay. I will get back to this later or I'm going to meditate on this later. But, but to know yourself is the greatest, greatest power you can give yourself, you know, is to, and to know yourself, you have to know your fears because you probably can list off all your great qualities right now, like all the things you're good at. But, um, it gets harder when you, you look at the things you're scared of because you're hiding them from yourself. That's amazing. And I mean, honestly, that's what the whole podcast is about. It's what we tell everyone. The more you get to know yourself, the easier life becomes. And I feel like you just mm-hmm. gave such an amazing piece of advice on how to start that relationship. So thank mm-hmm. you. Let's do your four years. So quick, like four quick takeaways for the audience. What's your favorite book or books? My favorite books, I have two. It's The Alchemist um, by Paulo mm-hmm. Coelho and uh, Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. I love Cloud Atlas, by the way. And that's never so been mentioned hot. on this podcast. It's so good. It's tattooed. This, this tattoo oh. is uh, Cloud Atlas. That's amazing. That's beautiful, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Look at that. Yeah, well, it's the world in water. You have to take a picture and send it to us so we can put yes. it on your webpage when we launch it. Um, helpful tip for a valuable meditation. Uh, helpful tip. Oh, yes. Do what works for you. Um, and what I mean by that is don't first, don't force yourself to meditate the way that everyone tells you to do. So one of the things that, um, I really, for example, struggled with is like having to sit in silence for 30 minutes. But I've actually found like, for example, if you play a musical instrument or if you draw, or if there's a specific music that you love to listen to, um, or if you actually just want to like sing, to like a, one, a song and, and, uh, or a mantra, um, you need to basically take the time for you to meditate and do it in a way that actually works with your personality and who you are. Because if you continue to like push yourself against the grain, you're not actually getting that meditative experience. And, uh, and one of the things that I also find help is this is even more practical is, um, this was taught to me by a meditation teacher is to pick an anchor to come back to. So it's not just breathing. It's also sound and like the feel, the weight of your body, because I used to think that I needed to come back to my breathing, come back to my breathing, and I'd always get distracted. But I actually realized that my anchor is sound and not breathing. So people have different preferences, and you might be doing the the one that doesn't actually work for you. So either pay attention to your breathing, pay attention to sound, or pay attention to the feeling of your body. Try it out, and whichever one actually holds you in a state of meditation for longer is the one that you should be sticking with. That's such great advice because, again, what we're all about here, the tent is always about do what works for you. It's why we provide different lineages. It's why we provide so many different classes because we feel like that's how you discover what is good for you. And also sometimes it changes. You need to constantly be evolving with yourself. And like always sometimes subscribing to just one lineage or one way of doing things might be right for someone, but it's not always right for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you journal or have another daily practice? Obviously, yes. you're a writer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how could I be a writer and not yeah, journal? Exactly. Um, yeah, I actually journal. It's not every day, um, but something interesting that uh, people, when I tell, bring it up, people are always like, oh, I, that's interesting, um, is that a lot of people use journaling for like positive affirmations, like gratitude, boost their mood, which is great. And I also do that sometimes, but I actually journal on shadow work. Um, so uh, I journal on on my dark side, on moments when I'm angry, manipulative, when I'm like less than like my, my greatest self or like things that hurt me and bring me a lot of pain. Because I find that when I journal on, on that, it actually gives it an acceptable place to to come to light. And as you know, like 
the darker that you, when you bring your shadow into light, it like gets lighter. So, um, I also do like, I do like positive negations, um, which is like, instead of affirmations, I say like, I, I know, I understand that right now I don't feel focused and I like think about what it felt like to be focused. So I don't have the pressure of feeling like I need to be focused, but I can still recall the feeling in my body. So, um, I do a lot of my journal is around shadow. Um, what hurts me, the pain, um, the things that actually like the dark, the dark pieces of me, cause then it, I bring them to light and I can actually visualize them and like release them and forgive them. Um, so that's a, that's one way that I, I, I don't do like the whole positive, like I'm so amazing. I, I love it because you're like the most buoyant human being and like so radiant. So I love if like, God forbid something happened to you and someone found your journal, they'd be like, she's dark. <laughs> 100%. Oh my God. If someone found my journal, she'd be like, oh my God. But the, the, the weird but that's good. Is that that's what keeps me light. I get it. it that's is, amazing. Is releasing that so, darkness. Look at the dark journal, light human. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the first thing you do when you wake up? So first thing that I do when I wake up is uh, on a, you know, ideally, unless I have like a 5 a.m. plane to catch. Um, well, first and foremost, I have this rule where I do not check my phone like the first 30 to 60 minutes. For as long as I can keep it, I don't roll over and look at my phone. It's not the first thing um, that I do in the morning. A meditation teacher also told me never, ever touch your technology first thing in the morning. So uh, the, I will like, you know, do my human bodily needs things. And then, um, I do a Tibetan exercise to realign my chakras while listening to my, Oh my God. I sound so weird when I said that, I'm like, <laughs> guys, I promise I have rationality too, but, uh, this is my, okay. Here's my You're little, moment, um, is, uh, I have five Tibetan exercises, um, that I do that was taught to me by meditation t- teacher that essentially like realigns, like re- it's like the reset button for my chakras every morning. Um, and I do it while listening to my, uh, my mantras so that I'm kind of like doing two birds and one stone cause I'm efficient like that. <laughs> and then, um, and then I'll sit down and depending on once it's like light exercise and that takes about 10 minutes and then I'll sit down and after like I've moved and this is my way of meditating, I need to like move a little bit before I can actually sit quietly. Me too. Um, and I'll do, um, I'll sit down and I'll do like 20 to 30 minutes of meditation and it totally depends on my mood that day. I can like talk to myself. I can sing. I can just sit in silence. It really depends. I just check in and I'm like, what do I need right now? And then I go and then I start my day. Will you send us your like Tibetan exercise set? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sure. great. So everyone, yeah. you will have it posted. Oh, on it's so sweet. Well. Apparently it makes you younger. Oh, well, will you send it like tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it rejuvenates you. Apparently it's what I'll Tibetan start doing it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll start it. tomorrow and I'll call you in six months and let me know what you think. Okay. Though I am sitting in very <laughs> dim light, so it's hiding every wrinkle. Um, you have been amazing. I think you, I don't know anyone who could listen to this episode and not walk away with 25 different things they could possibly do <laughs> to put their life in motion. I mean, Yay. or even if it's, again, if people want to change or if people are feeling stimulated or sad or, or wanting to do something as big as what you did, like really changing their life and going out and travel. I mean, you've given us everything and you are such a beautiful person to talk to. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you let us know when your book comes out. We'll make sure we support it for sure. Yes. I actually, my, um, I'm working on my memoir, but my ebook has, is going to come out this week. It's called if hearts could talk. Oh. And, um, it's a, it's actually a, it, I really love it. I'm really proud of it. I guess it's a good thing. Um, uh, it's a short stories and journal memoir, uh, sorry, in journal books. So basically it's like one short story to like kind of spark your thoughts. And, and it's, it's very heavily based around my travels, one short story. And then a question 
like to help you ref- like the questions I'm asking to help you reflect like a little bit deeper about on things like uh, it's broken into courage, love, vulnerability, wonder, and uh, and I thought I forgot the last one. I should change. Um, and so it like really helps you get you thinking and digging, and you can journal on it. It's it's pretty cool. I love it. Incredible. Congratulations on that. Um, Well, thank you so much. Everybody stay tuned because she is going to do her personal practice, which is about dream tracking. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Also join her closed Facebook group. We're going to have all of this stuff on there. Um, She's given us so much. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So now Celine's going to do her personal practice, which is called dream tracking. Okay. So dream tracking. A lot of people have these really big dream, really big aspirations. And it's almost like they're so big and and so much in the ether that you can't, you almost can't even touch them. You can't even grasp them, but you can. And this is, this is the good part is that there is a way to actually take these beautiful big dreams that you have and actually start to anchor them into reality so that you're taking action towards them every single day. So my practice, um, which I, I, that I created is uh, dream tracking. So every year, actually, you know, every November, I don't know why, but November is the month I picked. Um, I check in with myself and I outline my biggest dreams. Uh, you know, like things like, okay, I want to be uh, a New York Times bestseller one day. And, and I want to be a seven figure like business owner. And I want to have most of my income be passive. And I want to work, uh, you know, only 10 hours a week, like all these big uh, dreams that like maybe feel far away. And so I outline them into, uh, you know, on, on paper, and I actually start to see them and feel them. And then I think to myself, okay, so this year, like, how can I take a step towards this? Like in 365 days, how can I fast forward and actually have taken a step? Because maybe that dream to be a seven figure business owner is going to take five years or six years. Right? So what can I do this year? And all of a sudden I have a tighter vision, right? So for me, um, last year was like, okay, I want to like build a six figure business within less than a year, like in in 365 days, I want to have a six figure business. I want to be booked out. Um, and I want to be doing something that I love and I want to be working no more than like 25 to 30 hours a week. And so all of a sudden I have a series of one year goals that are going to challenge me and they're going to feel scary and they're going to push me, but they don't feel so unrealistic where I disconnect from them. And then with my, my one-year goal, then this is I start plotting it out visually into a vision board. I make it really pretty. I make this fun because the whole point of this is fun. You're, you're literally designing your life. You're, you're working towards your dreams. Um, and then once I have these smaller goals, and I'll just keep using the, the business one just as an example, I'll be like, okay, so if that's what I want in a year, um, what does that actually look like in the next few months? You know, like realistically speaking, like I'll be traveling on these months extensively This and then other months I'll be like, I'll have more time. So what can I actually accomplish in the next month? Uh, or not actually I start with like three months, six months and three months. I'll be like, okay, well in six months I can be charging this much money for a package. And then like in three months, um, I can have signed on three new clients. And in the next 30 days, uh, when I first started my business, it's like, well, I have nothing to sell right now, so I need to come up with a package. So that's my goal. In the next 30 days, I'm coming up with a package. I'm setting up my website. Um, I'm creating the foundations that I need for me to be able to charge uh, more for a package and for me to eventually get to that point. And then all of a sudden, like you have, you basically have these, these monthly goals. And then you look at these goals and you say, okay, like literally what's going to happen in the next 30 days? What am I actually doing? Um, and so you, what I do is I create weekly every week, the same way that every year I review my dreams every week. 
um, I review what I want to accomplish that week that is actually going to feed into that monthly goal, which is going to feed into the three month goal. Um, and so, and I track all of this visually so that I'm actually seeing and tracking what I'm accomplishing. And I can actually feel the satisfaction of like completing and checking off a goal. And um, yeah, every week I, I review my tasks and uh, I check in to see whether they're aligned with my bigger goals. So if this week I spent, uh, you know, 10 hours, uh, you know, doing a, a bunch of like admin work and I'm like, well, only like two of these things actually contributed to like my goal of like selling my clients. Like I'm not focused, I'm not actually focusing on, on getting clients in the door right now then those things are irrelevant and they can go and I can replace it with more time. Um, and so I keep doing this until I get as granular as every day so that I know that every day and it, I can actually take a step towards my really big dream. And I know that I'm doing that. Um, and even if that day, you know, maybe today I have like 10 things on my to-do list and maybe tomorrow I only have two. So it's not a matter of like be, making yourself super busy because maybe your job today is to take space for yourself. And that's what you need for you to like have the sort of ideas that you need um, for you to be able to have the energy for the next tax. So long story short, um, dream tracking helps me be incredibly efficient and productive with my work to actually not waste my time on things that don't matter and to stay on track with my big vision and it's really fun because when you're actually tracking these things, you can literally take things like, oh, look at that. I just signed on my first client. Done. Oh, look at that. I just made uh, $10,000. Done. Look at that. I just created a six-figure business in nine months. Done. Right? So it's like you can actually see these things. And when you feel that in your body and you feel that high, you're like, oh, my God, what's stopping me from creating that seven-figure business? Nothing. Because look at what I've just created for myself. And if something doesn't work for me today, I move it around. It's next week. But one way or another, in one year's time, I'm going to get there. And in two years' time, I'm going to get to the next level. Like, you know that you are on track, even if that day you're having a crappy day and you, don't, you just feel like eating you know, popcorn all day and like watching Netflix. Like, you're still progressing. You're still getting there. And so that is um, a, a practice that I, you know, I, I practice myself and I teach to my clients to really get you excited about designing your life and uh, enjoying every step of the journey, no matter where you're at, no matter if you're like in a crappy place or in an amazing place, it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day or a good day, like you're on track, like you got this, it's done. Like the dream is done. It's just waiting for you to go through the motions. Ten Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Ten Talks podcast, and join us there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.